Okay, here we go on our second day of learning Tanya Nechabura. If uh, just, it's really hard doing this on Zoom. This is not easy. So if anyone is able to put on their video, it would be much easier. I can at least see some faces that I'm looking at. That would be very helpful. No pressure, but it's always easier if I could see who I'm looking at. And um, I'm actually talking to people. It's uh, Zoom is always a challenge. Okay, great. Hey, Zev. Hey, David. Okay, let's continue learning. So we began learning yesterday, the Alter Rebbe's question, what does it mean, how could it be that we're told about love of Hashem, that one has to do love of Hashem? That one has to do, there's something one has to do to get love of Hashem. And we learn that love and fear are the roots and the foundations of serving Hashem. And so apparently to be able to have that emotional connection and that deep soul-heart connection to Hashem, it's important to be able to know how to tap into the heart, to tap into the emotions. And so we began learning that in order to do that Shema Yisrael, to be able to, that you should hear, when you hear the truth of Hashem Echad, of God's unity, that's what brings about the heart, that's what causes the heart also to be connected to Hashem. So let's learn inside, with, uh, starting in the paragraph, concerning the love of God is written in the end of portion Akiv, which I command you to do it to love God. It is necessary to understand how an expression of doing can be applied to love, which is in the heart. Oh. So I already mentioned yesterday from the Baal Shem Tov that the Baal Shem Tov explained that the mitzvah of having emotions for Hashem, the mitzvah is the meditation. And the way to understand that, what that means, is like if you could almost imagine... Like when it comes to the mitzvah of Puravu, that's the best example, because who we are emotionally is the offspring, is the result of what's happening in our minds. And so when a person meditates on God, when a person is able to meditate on God and put their mind and their consciousness on God, that brings about a result of the emotions. The emotions are like the children, the offspring. That's why we know... Children are likened by some poets as pagans of the soul. The, the, the emotions we have are so unruly like a child that doesn't know how to behave. And the only way to try to rein in the emotions and the way to try to give birth to emotions of God is by meditating on Hashem. So the Baal Shem Tov likened that to the mitzvah Puravu. We know there's a mitzvah Puravu, which is the first mitzvah in the Torah, to have children. And the question that's asked already by the commentaries is the similar question, how could you have a mitzvah, how could you be commanded to do something that seemingly is not up to you? Because to have children is not up to you. There are many people that that try to have children, they can't have children. So how could it be that the mitzvah is to have emotions, to have feelings of connection to Hashem, of, and having your heart, and your soul and your interior world be filled with God, seemingly that's not up to you. So the Baal Shem Tov said that that's why when it comes, what's the mitzvah puravu, the Achreinim explain, the mitzvah puravu is not the having children. The mitzvah puravu is the act that it takes to bring about the children. 
the mitzvah of the intimate connection, that's the mitzvah puruvu. That is the mitzvah. Whether children will actually be born from that or not, that's not up to you. That's not up to you. That's, you have to do what you could to, to bring about children. And whether children will be born from that or not, that's already something that's not up to you. And so the same thing when it comes to emotions, when it comes to your heart, your emotions are the children, the pagans of the soul. You don't have connection over the emotions. What we do have, what we need to work on having mastery of is our intellect, is our consciousness. And therefore, the meditation is what brings about that love of Hashem. And so what he, that is the idea of the chinuch cotton, that if we learn, if we teach ourselves how to meditate, we teach ourselves how to bring about these emotions by having ideas to meditate on, that's going to change the way that we have our relationship with Hashem. And so the Alter Rebbe says like this, The explanation, however, is that there are two kinds of love of God. So what the Alter Rebbe is going to distinguish, because don't forget, this is called Chinuch Koton, this is for beginners, that's us, we're the beginners, but there are those that are bigger, that are older than us, that are tzaddikim, that are, that are on a higher level than we are. And what the Alter Rebbe is now going to teach us is that there are two kinds of love of God, is the kind of love that tzaddikim, that high, exalted people have, that type of love of God that they have. You know, they say uh, the Berdichever, the Bilevitzek Berdichever, he never really kept the mitzvah of sukkah lamahadrin. He never was able to keep the mitzvah of sukkah for the best way. Why? Because as soon as he would walk into the sukkah, he would be on so in love, ecstatic love of God, that he would start jumping up and down and knocking into walls and the schach would start falling and he would be so ecstatic with love of Hashem. There's the famous story that Shleim Kalabach teaches about the about the talis that the one time Rebaruch Mezbizer invited the Berdichever to his house. And he said to him, he said to him, you could come, but on condition that you behave. He invited to his house on a Friday night, and the Bedichever said, sure, of course, I'll behave. And as soon as the waiter came, the shamash came to bring the food and bring the drinks, the, and the, the, the waiter, the shamash, you know, the Bedichever tried all he could to make Kiddush. Usually when the Bedichever would make Kiddush, the wine would fly all over the place, and they'd have to keep refilling the cup. So he held himself for the wine, and he held himself with the water. But when the waiter came and said to him, do you like fish? In Yiddish, hust leap fish. Do you love fish? The Bedichever jumped up and said, Do I love fish? I love Hashem. I love Hashem. And he knocked over the table and everything got dirty and all over the, the Mezbizh's clothing, the food got all over the place. So there is the love that Sadiqim, that the righteous people have for Hashem. And that's what the Alter Rebbe is going to describe now. That kind of love is not a love that they need to work on to actually produce that the love should happen. Look inside. One, one type of love is the natural yearning of the soul to its creator. And that, that really pertains to all of us, that all of our souls yearn for God. As the Alter Reb explained in Tanya in chapter 19, that's why our soul is likened to a flame, to a candle. All of our souls have this natural yearning for God, has this natural desire for God, that our souls want to just be connected to Hashem. That's the natural yearning of the soul. That's what the soul wants by its nature. 
However, so how come we don't feel that? How come we have to do, how come we have to work on causing love Hashem? So the Alter says, because when the rational soul prevails over the grossness of the body, subdues and subjugates it, the answer is because it's only when the rational soul is able to completely overcome and prevail over the grossness of the body. The word gross over here is not like usually we say in English, gross means something that's disgusting. That's not what he means over here, the grossness of the body, because of course the body is beautiful, the body is godly. What he means to say the grossness of the body is the coarseness of the body. We're usually pulled after our body. Our bodies what causes all the trouble. And that's because our body, it, the grossness, the materiality, that's what he means here by the grossness, the materiality, the coarseness of the body, that's how we usually define ourselves and that's how we're usually dragged along after where the body goes. So the tzaddikim, those holy people, when they're able with their rational soul to overcome completely the grossness, the materiality of the body, subdues and subjugates it, then... The love of God will flare and blaze with a flame which ascends of its own accord. Then those tzaddikim, those holy people, those holy people that completely were able to subdue their body and make their body completely subservient to the rational soul, then the soul, like a flame, just jumps up to Hashem, just completely wants to be included within God, and will rejoice and exult in God its Maker, and will delight in God with wondrous bliss. The the bliss, the, the, the feeling of connection to God, we can't even imagine. It's like the Rambam says, trying to explain fire to a fish. Just like you can't explain to a fish what fire is, or to a blind person what colors are, the Rambam says, to try to explain to ourselves what it means, the bliss of connecting to Hashem, that type of bliss that tzaddikim have when their soul is exposed. Now again, we have to remember, we all have the same soul. We're not talking about some kind of foreign soul that's not something, that's something completely different than what we are. It's just that we have not yet overcome our bodies. Our bodies and all our bodily needs and our bodily desires are over, are covering over. It's like, imagine a person... <clears throat> goes to an eye doctor and says, you know, doctor, I was driving in the snow and I all of a sudden couldn't see anything. So the doctor says to him, did you put on your windshield wipers? And he's like, no. So he says, you're an idiot. There's nothing wrong with your eyes. You have to put on the windshield wipers. That's what's blocking the window. Our souls, there's no real innate difference between our souls and the souls of tzaddikim. The question is how many garments, how many covers there are that are covering over that innate love, that deep love that we already have to Hashem. But those who merit this state of Ahavarabba, that's this great state of Ahavarabba. That's why, you know, if some people daven Nusuch Svar during the week, they say before Kriyashma Avas Oilam. And some say Ahavarabba. Ahavarabba is the greatest level of love of Hashem. Could, how do, could, whoever has to mute, if somebody is not muted, just thank, there we go. So that's the, those who merit this state of Avarabba of the great... Now you're muted. 
now I'm muted. Okay. There we go. Now you hear me. Those that, those that merit this state of Avarabah, this state of great love of Hashem, are the ones who are called Tzadikim. As it is written, Rejoice in God, you Tzadikim. By that Tzadikim it says, Simchu Tzadikim Ba'ashem. The Tzadikim, those that completely subjugated their body and are completely, their soul and their mind is completely just with God, they merit this type of Avarabah, this great love of Hashem. Yet not everyone is privileged to attain this state. Not everyone can get to that level. Which, of course, should make you feel, so what about me? And that's, what the, that's, why, the, that's why the author of is saying, Chinuch Koten. Because not everyone is able to get to that level of tzaddikim. Not everybody is able to come to that level to reveal the truth of what their soul is. Why is not everyone able and privileged to attend to the state? For it requires a very great refinement of one's physical grossness. On one hand, if Surmeira, it it necessitates tape really, really subjugating the body and really, in a deep way, refining one's physical materiality. And in addition, a great deal of Torah and good deeds in order to merit a lofty neshama, which is above the level of Ruach HaNefesh, as explained in Reish's Chachmashar HaAva. You see, here's the thing. All of our souls begin in God because all of our souls are one with God. And so what actually makes the difference between us and Sadiqim? As the soul descends through the spiritual worlds and comes down to the more coarse worlds, as the soul comes down... So many, most of us get garments that cover over that soul that's within us. And therefore, we only usually, we know there are five levels of the soul. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, Yechida. And so, right now, we're all, we have a Nefesh Elikis, a divine soul, which is called in Hebrew a Nefesh Elikis. And the more that one refines oneself... And has a great, and in addition, a great deal of Torah and mitzvahs, then one reveals deeper levels of soul. So the feelings of the, the tzaddikim, their method of serving Hashem is just revealing what the soul already is. But to be able to do that, you have to completely refine your body and you have to be learning Torah all day and doing mitzvahs all day. You have to be an extremely high level. So that method of having, of having love of Hashem is extremely difficult. That method of having love of Hashem necessitates really changing one's soul, changing the type of soul one has inside. So where does that leave the rest of us? Any questions at this point? Anyone want to ask something? No? So where does that leave? The, yeah, Yishai. You, you mentioned changing one's soul. Do you mean uncovering the, the garments of the soul? Mm-hmm. Or do you mean refining the soul itself? Well, the, 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 gar, the soul itself is not... The, is, is one, one thing that's made of five levels. Right? It's, we say there are five levels of the soul itself. The soul itself is split into different levels based on which world, which perspective of world, which perspective of godliness one is tapped into. 
So by taking off the garments of materiality, taking off the garments of looking at the world just as a world, taking off the garments of looking at myself as something as a separate entity from God, that's what reveals the deeper levels of the soul. So, but what about the rest of us that can't come to that level of revealing the deeper levels of the soul, says the Alter Ebb in the next paragraph. The second... Yeah. Yeah, I have a question. Um, the first first Alter Ebb says, uh, it says that not every person is zaifed to that level. But then, when speaking about what's for regular people, he says... Uh, he says... Uh, he uses, like, the lashon of, like, ability... So what's the like? What, what does it mean that not that zaycha sounds like you know if it was granted to a person, but ability sounds like meaning? How could it be that not every person is able to reach a certain level? Let him work harder at that. Yeah, meaning what's what's to stop the ability of every person from attaining? That? So when he means zaycha here, he 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 means you know in in Hasidus it explains. I'll give you an example. The the, the Gemara says that if a person learns Torah. Zacha nasalei sam chaim, loy zacha nasalei sam mavis. The Gemara says when a person learns Torah, if you're zocha, if you merit, then it's an elixir of life. It's a potion of life. If you don't merit, then it's a potion of death. Why? Because if a person learns Torah just for for arrogant reasons and for the wrong reasons all the time, it can make a person even more coarse. But the problem is, so why is the Gemara using the word Zoycha or not Zoycha? Like you're asking, the word Zoycha seems to say, like it's a merit, like it's a lottery or something, right? Like it's almost as if like... So in Chassidus explains that the word Zoycha has the same connotation as the word Lezakot. Lezachech. What in Hebrew is Lezachech? To refine. Zoycha over here doesn't mean to merit like in a way of, you know, you, you just happen to win the lottery, you happen to be one of those that won the lottery. Zoyche means to refine. Do you understand? Yeah. And so the answer to your question is that you're right. If you become a person that fasts and, you know, only eats whatever, only to serve Hashem and learns Torah all the time and does all the things one is supposed to do, so then one is able to tap into deeper levels of their own soul. That's what it means to be zocha, right? So, but how does it? But how does it? Doctor Rebbe then uses a contrasting language when he says he ahava shakol adam yuchol lahagia eleha. Because because the Alter because the Alter Rebbe wrote this book is Sefer Shel Beinanim, and the Alter Rebbe knows that chances are the vast majority of people are not going to be able to do that. You know they say but, they. But they say the Belzer Rebbe never slept more than 17... The old Reb Aaron of Bells never slept more than 17 minutes straight. When we speak about the Aved of Tzadikim, Ein Kol Adam and not everybody's going to be able to refine themselves like that. The Alter Rebbe is practical. That's why he, he didn't call the Sefer Sefer Shal Tzadikim. He called the Book of Tanya Sefer Shal Beninim because he's talking to people like us that he knows that we're not going to be able to completely refine our body totally. You could try to go, you could go for it, but you know, then that's way beyond my pay grade. (laughs) But, but the Alter Rebbe is talking in a very practical level. Do you understand? Yeah. Anyone else? 
So what does that mean? So practically for us, that we're not going to be able to be zoiche, to refine ourselves like those tzaddikim chances are. So the rest of us, that we're not going to merit to be able to refine ourselves so completely and so totally. So what about us? How do we come to have more emotions? How do we come to have a deeper feeling of love of Hashem? Says the Alter Rebbe, the second way to come to love of God is a love which every man can attain. And here the Alter Rebbe is testifying that every person can attain this love and it's not something that one has to, you know, refine oneself like a tzaddik to attain. The Alter Rebbe wants to show us how we could have these emotions for Hashem that every person can attain. How? When he will engage in profound contemplation in the depths of his heart on matters that arouse the love of God, which is in the heart of every Jew. And the Alter Rebbe answers, the answer is meditation. You are where your thoughts are. You are where your consciousness is. You are who your consciousness is. And so the Alter Rebbe says that it's true, we might not be able, the natural love that the soul should just like, like a flame jump up like the Berdichever to God, we might not be able to do that, but we could come to a love of God through where your mind is, through contemplating in the depths of his heart on matters that arouse the love of God, which is in the heart of every Jew. So this is, that's the, the shortcut, so to speak, to show, to reveal the love of God that we already have in our heart. That's by a, a profound contemplation. That's by meditating. And again, that's why this is the introduction to Shara Yichud Vemuna. Because in Shara Yichud Vemuna, the Alter Rebbe is going to tell us what to meditate on. But in first, before he, he gets into the specifics, he continues to explain now two different types of meditations that he had already, that, that, he, that are in the first part of Tanya, two different types of meditations that he's, that he's giving us as an example, what kind of meditation do I need to meditate to arouse love of God? So be it in a general way, the most general meditation that one could have of God, what's the most general meditation, profound meditation that'll arouse these feelings of emotions for Hashem, be it in a general way, that He is our very life, Kihu Chayecha, that God is our very life. Now I want to just explain, what does that mean that God is our very life? What does that mean God is our very life? Because, you know, it, those are just words that could just say, yeah, God is my life. And, you know, I put that on my, uh, uh, um, if I have to put a shidduch profile, I write, God is my life. And, and that's it. That's not a profound contemplation. That's just a slogan. What does it mean to say that God is my life, according to Chesidus? So if you look in the Hebrew, Ki hu chayenu mamish. Hu chayenu mamish. What does that mean that He is our life, Mamish? Literally, literally, what is life? What's life? What's the life that you feel inside you? The light of Hashem. It doesn't just mean that He's our life like the goal and everything. It means you meditate that the life force that you're feeling inside of you the breath that you're taking, 
what you're feeling in your body, your ability to function, is the light of God. It's that Hashem contracts His infinite light through millions of contractions to become your life force. And that's why it's connected to Shar Hayichud, to unity. That's what we're going to learn. That's why it's connected to unity of God. Because the more, the more you understand the truth of God's unity, the more you understand that Hashem is all there is, then you could feel that your life, kiheim chayenu, that God is your life, because that's all there is. Hashem's light is all there is, and that is the life force that you're feeling. That's the breath that you're taking. We know what Chazal say on the last Pasuk of Tehillim. Right? The le- King David, after the whole 150 chapters of Tehillim, and the last, at the very, very end, we say it every day in davening, in the last Halalukah, how does King David finish the book of Tehillim? Kol haneshama tahalel ka. All souls will praise God. And the sages read it, Kol neshima v'neshima tahalel ka. That on every single breath you take, you have to praise God. And Hasidus explains, what does it mean with every breath you take, you have to praise God? The simple explanation is that God is sending you Federal Express. He's sending you oxygen. There's some kind of string. You know, I've seen people say to meditate that there's some kind of string between you and all the way up in the million, in the atmosphere, in the universe, and God is sending you breath. The Altarab is saying, no, you're meditating that godliness is your breath. God's light is your life. And just, let's continue inside, and just as one loves his soul and his life, so he will love God when he will meditate and reflect in his heart that God is his true soul and actual life. We know what's the greatest love of all, like Whitney Houston said. What's the greatest love of all? Learning to love yourself, right? Loving oneself is the greatest love there is. And that's why even the Torah, when the Torah says, kamocha, love your neighbor or love your friend as yourself, the Torah is assuming that you do love yourself and we're being told to love others like you love yourself. Now, it happens to be true in today in today's broken day and age when we're all so broken and sometimes it's hard for us to feel love of self. That's a, that that itself could be a challenge. But innately when a person is healthy emotionally in a way that is becoming more and more rare these days, but when a person is healthy emotionally, the deepest love a person has is love of self. And so what the Alter Rebbe is saying is that the first type of meditation that's going to make your love of God even stronger is to just reorient and redefine what self is. That self is not something other than Hashem. That your vitality, that your breath, that your life force is not something other than the light of Hashem. So just as one loves his own very soul and life, so he will love God. But what's the condition? How do I make that my love of self should become love of God? When he will meditate and reflect in his heart 
that God is his true soul and actual life. God is your true soul and actual life. As the Zohar comments on the verse, My soul, I desire you. You are my soul, I desire you. Now, really, the Zohar is making a play on words because what it says is, Nafshi My The literal meaning of that is that, God, my soul desires you. But we're actually saying it to God and we're saying, God, Nafshi, you are my soul and therefore I desire you. You, Hashem, Nafshi, you are my soul, God, and that causes me to desire you. Which means that one of the first things that we're learning now, the Alter Rebbe is saying that for people like us that have to work on arousing love of Hashem is by redefining and reorienting how we understand who we are as people. Because who we are as people, who our soul is, is not just us. It's not just something that God is giving to us or sending to us. It's a way that God is manifesting. And that is Alter Rebbe, if you remember, in a few lines before, he said it's a general way. That's the general way to love Hashem because that's the most general meditation you could have. Now again, we just learned the idea now, but in Shara Yichud, as we go into the coming chapters, he's going to get into that in more detail. Because again, to be able to have that in an, a way that you could appreciate, that it really will have an effect on you and internalize, you have to have more details. But first, at this point, he's just saying in a very general way that the reason you need to meditate on the unity of God, as Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad, to Vahaftas Hashem Aleikecha, because as long as I feel that I'm something other than God, that my vitality, even if I believe that my vitality is coming from Hashem, but if I understand my vitality as being something other than God, then God is something separate and disconnected from me, that's just giving me vitality. Sending me vitality. So the first type of love that the, he says in a general way is this nafshi ivisicha. God, you are my soul. I desire you. That's from Tehillim. Nafshi ivisicha. And it's a great mantra, by the way. Just if you get these two words in Hebrew, nafshi ivisicha, nafshi ivisicha. You are my soul, God. Therefore, I desire you. You are my soul, God. Therefore, I desire you. And then tomorrow, Mitzvah we're going to pick up in the next type of meditation, if you just look at the next words, that was the general meditation that the Alter Rebbe said. And then he goes on to, and he says, or in a particular way, a particular type of meditation, when he will, and Mitzvah tomorrow we're going to pick up, what's the particular type of meditation that the Alter Rebbe means? That's another type of meditation that in, as we, Bainanim, as we people that are trying to be Bainanim, trying to be who we're supposed to be, and we have to meditate to arouse love of Hashem. So there's the general meditation that we just learned, to meditate how God is, the, that God's light becomes your soul, and there's a particular meditation that we're going to continue Mitzvah Hashem with tomorrow. Any other? I'm going to stop now. One o'clock exactly. Yeah. What parak of Tehillim was that from? Someone was asking in the questions. What parak of Tehillim is that from? Oh, that's a good question. Nafshi mm-hmm. Visicha. Uh, it is. Um, I don't know. I have to look for it. Uh, 
I don't know. I'll look for it and I'll get back to everyone tomorrow about. Oh, oh, wait. Here it is. Um, page two, three. That is from page. That's to. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not, I'm, I was wrong. It's not Tehillim, it's from Yeshaya. It's from Yeshaya chapter 26, verse 9. Yeshaya chapter 26, verse 9. Anyone else? Any other questions? Quick question. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if, because for, for, for me, meditation is not a simple thing, and maybe just because of the amount of distractions that we have today, and it's harder for us to focus. I'm wondering for in those days, maybe 200 years ago, it was a lot easier for people to meditate based on the fact that they didn't have all the distractions that we have today. When he says it's a lot easier than the other way. So yes, the, obviously, it's when the Alter Rebbe is saying that it's a way for us to attain. He doesn't mean that it'll take five minutes. He obviously means we have to work at it. We and and it's going to take a while. But it's important to know that when he says to meditate, it doesn't just mean. You know, there's the type of meditation of silencing the mind, which is very difficult for us today. And that, of course, when a person is able to do that, that will make this meditation a lot more effective. But what he means to say by meditation is to have the thought in your mind constantly, to always be thinking about it as much as you can, to make it part of your, your, the way that you think, the way that you, you approach the world, it doesn't necessarily mean to, to have to focus your thoughts in such a way that you don't think about anything else. Because, yeah, that's very difficult for us. And you're right. It was in the shtetl 200 years ago when there was not much going on. It was much easier. But what he's talking about is a reorienting of one's mind processes. So when you see meditate, it, it's, it's like when you're walking down the street, remind yourself about it. Remind yourself, God, you are the breath I'm taking, therefore I desire you. In sense, so it's it, the meditating that he's discussing over here, you're right, Enochanami, it doesn't necessarily, not everyone could come to the place where that's all they're thinking about, you know, for an hour straight, but it definitely could be that a person thinks about it over the course of the day repeatedly. Question? Yes, Alana. Is, is meditation really is that like the the thing that the altar of is saying will get us to feel that love of hashem yes i'm saying if the next book that follows is safer shall be in him and it does seem to have some of the like there's a vita there's little stuff that people can do which kind of sounds like the vita that the tadik does and like cleaning that windshield and like not feeling their body so much I'm thinking even like um escafia things like that I'm saying like to only meditate is that really like the only thing that the altar is saying that will make you feel your body less in order to feel Hashem more so it's so you're right that the first type of love that we discussed today which is the type of love that Sadiqim have of, it's not like a black and white that it's either one or the other. One should be trying always to be doing that also. You're right. The more that one refines oneself and one tries to remove oneself as much as possible from focusing on the physical, and the more that one adds mitzvahs, that's also going to increase the love of Hashem as well. 
So he's not saying, you know, he is saying that for us, the main thing that we could do to bring love of God is by meditating. But in connoted in that and included in that also is, yeah, if, if you could try to do a skafia, you could try to lessen your connection to the physical. That's also going to facilitate the love of Hashem to happen easier. Right. Yeah, because pizza's still good. Pizza's still good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yishai. Uh, one more question on that note is, is making me think that it happens to be very trendy right now to um, these like fasting and like uh, intermittent fasting and uh, you know reducing all sorts of body stuff. It's like very the biohacking is becoming very trendy, and I was wondering if like people are doing that anyways. Does that shaloi lishma so to speak? Does that mitzafik the the neshama? Uh, you think? I mean, a lot of people work on losing weight. Because they have taiva. In other words, the, the, the losing weight itself is a taiva, the lo- is a desire. The losing weight itself is in order to, to be more physically, you know, connected to the body. So he's, he's talking about doing it for God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not, not going to help by itself. It has to be Lishma. It, it has to be. be, it has to be for God. It has to be that one is focusing on these things for God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zev, you wanted to ask something? Yeah. So I just want to make sure. Because I've not, um, I've not ever really looked at Tanya deeply, and I have a lot of. Uh, if you and I were talking privately, I would tell you why, um, because it was actually a painful experience once. Um, but what I want to see if I'm on track with here is that um, I I see the goal as, and you'll I'm using the words of another rabbi. Uh, Remembering that I am the ocean. I'm not the wave, I'm the ocean. Right. And yet, in being the ocean, I'm still me. I'm one with Hashem, but I'm still, I still have a self in that. Is is he also talking about that, or is he talking yes. more about... Yes, there's always that paradox. The paradox of us not being, only being God, and being ourselves at the same time. So yes, he is. Yeah. Totally because is. I. I wanted to make sure because I, when I when I was having some good study years ago, I was discussing nullification with a rabbi, and he he was like trying to help me like clarify that. Yes, yes. Which I didn't understand then, but I'm maybe wanting, wanting, want to, want to, want to understand now. <laughs> Nullifying oneself is exactly as you said to know that you're a wave in the ocean of God. Yes, that that is what nullifying oneself means. And the more that one feels that unity, the more one will come to feel that you, God, are my soul. You are my life. That's why I desire you. Well, it's and it's such an amazing paradox because I am a wave that never ends because I am the ocean. And exactly. yet I am still a wave. It's like exactly. I, I'm really... <laughs> Like I said, I really just started digging into this right before you started this class, so it's really cool. Okay, so now you have the pasuk. Now, now you know the words that that you, the mantra that you could have in mind. Nafshi visicha, you are my soul, God. Therefore, I desire you. And mitzvah Hashem, we should be zayicha to see with our physical eyes how God is our soul. And I'll see everyone mitzvah Hashem tomorrow, same time, same place.